Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sandalanch podcast, episode 100. Yay! (laughs) All rejoice. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I am am Jamie, and with me as always is... Joe, all hail the (laughs) hypno-toad. Jack and Data. Uh, this week, we are reading The End of Alloy of Law, chapters 19, 20, and the epilogue, wherein Wax finds Steris, and we have a final showdown with Miles, where Wax, Marisai, and Wayne put their teamwork and their final plan into action. The team give their statements to the police, and Wax is offered a position with the constabulary, much to the constable general's disliking. And Wax confronts Mr. Suit. Miles is executed, and in the last stunning minutes of the books, Marisai has an encounter with Iron Eyes himself. Dax Boymarsh has returned. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> can't yeah. wait to hear what Dax has to say about that. So let's jump into it, everyone. The Sandalanch is about to begin. The streets spin shimmers and the walls they curl. The grip of greed, it rains. There's just one track to leave. This moving train. The price of progress is a dying world. The price of trust is pain after the wrath of bitter shame. Look up into the night. Pillars of risen, bathe all in their light. Forward we run, splinter the steel, weaken the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An eventful few chapters with some uh, some reveals that we hadn't called and some reveals that uh, somebody cough, Dak cough, definitely called uh, like books ago. And uh, just I think some really cool stuff. What did you guys think of these three chapters? Uh, I, I liked the ending very, very much. I almost thought that it was kind of a little too quick for finding and saving Steris. But it didn't seem completely out of place with the pace that we were kind of going at from, you know, going into this chapter. So, but I really enjoyed the fighting, the cleverness, and uh, I enjoyed the plot twists at the end. And uh, yeah, overall, it was a very, uh, very nice ending. That's pretty much all I have. All right. Well, positive. That's good. Mm-hmm. We, we, we like the, uh, did, were, were you at all shocked by the Mr. Suit reveal? Um, I was a little surprised. Yeah, I I knew that it was something kind of fishy with with his uncle, but uh, I didn't expect he, that he was Mr. Suit. And so um, that was actually kind of a nice surprise. And then all the pieces kind of fit together nicely. Like, it totally makes sense that the butler would try to kill him if the former mm. master told him to. Like, you know, everything kind of fit together pretty well. And then, yeah, my prediction, like, I feel like I predicted the ending of the book somewhat well, except for the plot twists that, you know, he was going to find Steris and then, but he wasn't going to find the rest of the women and we were going to have to like wait for that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I feel like, I feel like it ended well. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, cool ending. I, I I will admit like throughout this book, I've been a little disappointed. It wasn't quite as much of a Western as I thought it was going to be, but the ending was pretty cool. I loved 
Well, the execution of Miles, I thought, was really well done. Like, how he's, he just keeps going and going and going until finally he runs out and he's just yelling the whole time. Uh, I thought that was that was a really just just a really powerful moment for him. I feel kind of bad for Miles. I do genuinely think he was trying to do the right thing, but you know, he thought he was doing the right thing, but it was yeah. you know, the wrong thing. And you know, we like that Marisai got her moment to oh, your power's not useless. You like it <laughs> saved the day. Didn't coincide with Wayne's like we were predicting, but maybe they're saving that for a future book. Who knows? And uh, yeah, Marsh. I don't want to belabor the point too much because I feel like everyone's throwing me under the bus. It's like, oh my God, he's going to be insufferable. So no, <laughs> but no, I'm just happy because I really like Marsh as a character and I'm glad we get to see more of him. I think it's cool. And I can't wait to see what else comes of that. I like the fact that he clearly has, he does talk to Sazed because he's like, yeah, Harmony tells me to do this and I tell him no. And he's like, yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. And I'm like, oh God. Okay. So that that was really cool. And yeah. Like, I, I, I am really keen to see where the series goes. It's kind of fascinating, this idea that, like, they're both out there doing who knows what exactly they're doing most of the time. But uh, Marsh is like, yeah, you know, Harmony has, has his way of things and we don't always agree, but uh, his beliefs mean that he lets me do my things. So, which we know that Marsh has all those spikes in him. Harmony could take him over just like Ruin if uh, he wanted to. But apparently he's uh, he's like no okay you you do your thing dude yeah uh, and I, and actually it's funny I don't remember I don't even remember the exact wording but in a couple episodes ago you did a prediction about like how Miles was going to go out that was really close to what actually happened and the way that he you, you said something about like the, there's going to be this other power that he's referencing or something bigger and then at the end like Miles does like give his little speech and he's like about Trell or whatever, and you were just, the way you phrased it was really close to what happened, and people in the Discord were like, oh my gosh, Dak was really on fire this week. Cool. I don't remember exactly what I said. I'll have to listen to that episode again. You've been, uh, you were you were pretty good on predictions this book. You got Marsh, you got that, like, uh, you're doing pretty well. Cool. Now I just need to see if, uh, uh, yeah, if Mr. Suit is, oh, it's his uncle, but is it actually his uncle, or is he just wearing his uncle's body? Mm, yeah, right. Yeah. Questions for another day. <laughs> Yeah, I was really satisfied in the ending of this book. It's a lot of fun. And although I was not on fire with my predictions, no no secret bad guy, no speed and slow bubble all at the same time, that was a little disappointing. But it was um it was really good to read. I was really happy with how it all wrapped up. I think the pace that it wrapped up was sort of just classic Sanderson. We knew it was coming pretty quickly. I also think that the epilogue was probably my favourite chapter for the book. It mm. was really, really good, really fun. And um, to set the scene a little bit, so as you guys know, I downloaded the audiobook for the car ride because <laughs> I can't read in the car, which I don't think I'm going to do for every book, but I was like, ah, hey, we're going to my mum's house. Why don't we throw on the last chapters of the audiobook? So Dak and I got to listen to it together in the car. And we sort of got to see each other's reactions a little bit, which is a little bit different to what's happened mm. before. But yeah, I yeah, when when the the realization that it was Wax's uncle was Mr. Suit, I believe there was an audible gasp from me. Yes, there was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ooh! like I just I did not even see that coming. It didn't even enter into my thoughts that the uncle was still around. Like, yeah, it was a bit weird what happened, but you know, did they have an accident or was he murdered? That was kind of my line of thinking, not 
is he still alive and it was all faked? And to set the scene a little further, we were driving in the dark when Marisai met Marsh. <laughs> and as that was all coming together, I'm sitting in the back seat and I, Dak's driving. And I was patting him on the shoulder. I was like, oh, it's your boy. It's your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was very exciting. It was a very exciting time. But, yeah, listening to it in the dark, <laughs> totally different vibe <laughs> than reading it on stage. <laughs> but it was it was great. I really enjoyed that. The bit with Miles' execution as well was great and that genuine sort of fear that he wasn't going to die <laughs> really crept in. Yeah, I actually, I've I got to say halfway through the book I was a bit like, eh, I'm not digging it. Yeah, I, I thought I'd be a little bit more into it than I was halfway through, but now having finished it, I, I really like it. I liked the action scenes. I liked the relationship between Wayne and Marisai and Wax as well. That was all really fun, and I think it all paid off in the end to see them work together as a team to get around Miles. I thought that was really great, the way they did it. Yeah, loved it. I feel like the the thing with Wax's uncle is all, almost qualifies a secret bad guy. Like I feel like you're not too far off when you're like there's a secret bad guy and there kind of was. Yeah, but I really kind of wanted it to be Marisai. <laughs> it's just she's just a bit creepy, you know. Like I, I like okay, she she's smart. It's you know again a great dynamic. She works really well with the team. And I mean, I, I know, you know, it was kind of filled with secret bad guys, really. Like the butler was kind of a secret mm-hmm. bad guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. There is definitely secret bad guys. I just was, I don't know. I really wanted it to be her. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Dak said, we should stop predicting secret bad guy. And I was like, but the minute we stop predicting it, it'll happen. Yeah, that's when it's going to happen. There's like five secret <laughs> yeah, bad guys 100%. in the next book, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah. like, I think the only book with a secret with secret bad guys so far has been Well of Ascension with both Tensoon and with uh, Marsh. Mm. Yeah, Marsh was a real secret bad guy. You didn't mm. expect him to be a bad guy after he was a good guy. Oh, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you do, no, you got to keep predicting secret bad guys just because it's fun. I don't care if you're never yeah. right. It's, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm just picturing Marisai now. It's like mm. I like you're like she's a little bit creepy, and I'm like, well, really, she's just like a fangirl meeting her hero, and so uh, maybe that is creepy, like inherently. Like if you're a huge <laughs> fan of like a celebrity and you get to hang out with them. There's a huge yeah, fan and you're like obsessed with them. Like knowing how many times they've been shot or surprised when they correct you on how many times they've been shot or how many people they've been <laughs> killed. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's. Yeah, there's just there's that level of creepiness in yeah. there. Too bad there wasn't a secret bad guy in the secret tunnel. That would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, secret tunnel, secret bad guy. Secret history could have had a secret bad guy, see? In a secret yeah, tunnel. <laughs> Through a mountain. Well, well there's actually, always another secret. Yep, there's always, exactly. There's I always mean, if another you think secret. about it. Like, Kelsia was posing as Ruin to mess with the Irie, so really he was the secret bad guy for them. Mm, it's true. It's all that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> From my perspective, the Jedi are evil. Jedi are evil. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was about to say that. Beat me to it. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's get into these three chapters. And I did mention last time on the show, but I did tell these three afterwards. We also uh, read part of the Ars Arcanum, which we'll touch on when we get there. Okay, so I, I love the beginning of the chapter because at the end of the last time, it's like he shoots Miles and it's like, 
okay, but we know that doesn't really do anything, right? And that's the first sentence is shooting models was, of course, useless. But it feels good. Yeah, right. But no, like as as Miles heals and his body pushes the shot out, Wax catches it and shoves him across the room using that metal. So it, it helped a little bit. And it scared the coin shot off when all of a sudden shotguns are going off. And then Miles uh, hollers out that he has sent some men to kill the woman that Wax came here to save, a.k.a. Steris. And uh, Wax, there's there's a speed bubble. They have Wax and Wayne and Marisai have time for a little bit of a chit-chat. Wayne is bleeding. He's shot. He's, uh, he's, he says he's slowing down, slowing down too much. And uh, between what Wayne and Marisai saw, they're like, yeah, he's probably telling the truth about having sent people to kill Steris. And Wax is like, damn it, we, I got that coin shot's going to make things difficult. We got to take him out. And Wayne's like, well, what about Renette's fancy gun? Not sure. Wow, she's going to rip out your insides, mate. I'll be sure to blame you for it. <laughs> and uh, Wax is like, oh, we're, we, no, we got to figure out a way to take the guy out. And Marissa's like, but you got those special bullets. It's like, well, yeah, but it's not going to fit in an ordinary gun. I'd, ha- Oh, right. I have the power to shoot things without <laughs> guns. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering when he was going to put that together at some point. It's like, yeah, you can just, you know, do that. Just push you don't on need it. a gun. <laughs> and honestly, it's one of my favorite moments in the book where he hops out, just throws the bullet at the guy and, like, you know, shoves it with his power. And the coin starts like, huh, deflect. And then the ceramic tip takes him straight in the eye. Push and pull are both down. Which, again, like, this is just like. I feel like you could have done more with these guys, at least if they if they had been even if they hadn't said anything more. But if they've been a constant presence with Mr. Suit the whole mm. book, like always showing up to the meetings with um with with Miles and like this probably would have had more of an impact. But because they're literally just two guys who showed up for the battle at the end. I'm like, eh. yeah, no, I get it. I still love the moment. Like I said, it's one of my favorite oh, yeah. from the book. The, the, the moment is excellent. Just like the recipient is kind of wasted. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. And so Wax takes off down the railroad tunnel, which he's surprised. He's like, why are there tracks down here? Like, as if it was for a train. That's strange. And so at the end of the tunnel is like a wooden structure, a little like two or three story building made of wood. He says, he says, perhaps a barrack or dormitory. And he can hear the people above him. He's like, of course, this is a trap, obviously. Like, Miles sent me down here to get killed by all his dudes who are hanging out over here. But he just... Has no more fucks to give. He's like, you know what? I don't care if it's a trap. Throws himself up with his power uh, past the guys waiting one floor up, up to the floor above that. And he just has, I, I like this whole scene where he's, he runs into a room. Guys are coming after him. He goes out the window, uses pushes to flip over to the next window over, busts in that window. And then all these guys have run into that room that he just left. So he uses his power to push on, like, the nails and stuff in the wall between them and just create, like, a killing zone in that room as the wall, like, breaks into shreds and nails and splinters of wood are flying into all the guys in the room. And then he shoots the guys who uh, are still standing after that. And this is before, in a minute, when he just destroys the whole building. But this is just a very badass, like, scene for Wax, this whole series of events. Goes down the hall, finds a locked door. People are shooting at him now up through the floor, which he's like, okay, that's smart. Increases his weight to kind of bust through the door. And then I like that he uses his power to push on some floorboard, the nails and some floorboards down the hall. So they think he's over there. 
But he finds Steris, and he finds Noxel, the gunsmith. And Steris says, Lord Waxillium? He goes, most of me. I may have left a toe or two in the hallway. And uh, he throws a shotgun to the gunsmith, who's like, I'm actually, I'm not a very good shot. And he actually seems scared of the gun. <laughs> He's like, ah, guns. And Wax says, it doesn't matter if you're a good shot. It matters if you can swim or not. And the guy's like, what? I mean, of course I can, but why? And he uses the shotgun in the guy's hands to push him in an arc 30 feet away over into the canal. Which you could Poor warn. You, yeah, right? You, you can warn a dude before you do something like that. But I guess well, so nah, there was no time. Was like, there was no time. <laughs> what if you turned around and was like, I actually can't swim? That was a lot. What's I'm your sorry. plan then? <laughs> yeah. He was like indignant at the suggestion, but in reality, he couldn't swim. He was just like, well, well of course, of course I can. <laughs> Who says I can't? Yeah, he's like, and then he gets pushed into the canal. He's like, I actually can't swim. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine he, like his head's broken in the water, and he's looking up in the canal, and he sees Wax's stereos go flying into the night. He's like, you couldn't carry me too, you prick. <laughs> I'm not that big. I could have done a piggyback. It's true. You could have carried it. We don't, we don't care about this guy. It's fine. We just met him. He apparently speaks uh, high imperial because he used that as a message to people. So there's no reason yeah. to like him. It's fine. That's exact. Yeah, exactly. He's probably Spook's <laughs> great, great grandson. Screw him. Uh, this is for your bloodline. Ah! He asks Starris about the other girls, but she has not seen anyone else. The Vanishers implied they were sent somewhere. And he's like, yeah, okay. I'm not, he's not shocked by this. So he Grab Steris. He does a little bit of a trick with uh, with physics by like pushing himself up, decreasing his weight to push himself up, and then increasing it so he can push on the ceiling above him and break through while still moving upward. Uh, it's it's like a weird physics hack that only works because of his weird power to increase and decrease his weight, but it's kind of cool. And then they kind of he, he, he's holding Steris. They push up above this building, and then he increases his weight like. Just taps all that weight that he's been saving up forever, pushing downward on every bit of metal in this building he can find until he is so heavy that the building just collapses in on itself and crushes every single person who's still in there. And he he, he and Stairs just kind of float down and land in the wreckage at the bottom. And there's three vanishers in, in the tunnel just outside the building who are staring like, what the fuck just happened? And then he shoots them with a shotgun. He's sitting, he, he uses Allomancy to cock it repeatedly so he can just keep shooting them. Oh, yeah. My favorite part about the cocking with the Allomancy is he then uses, like, the empty casings and pushes on those, which I think is awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I really love, she stares is like, oh, survivor of the mists. And he's he looks at her and he's like, she doesn't look terrified. She actually seems kind of aroused. You're, <laughs> you're weird, Steris. <laughs> you're a weird lady. She's like that lady in Futurama that's like the bureaucrat who actually uh, yeah. gets aroused by by messiness. Messy, yes, yeah. Oh my gosh, she actually is because of like how, how much she goes over the contracts and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Why is this zipper not in alphabetical order? What? It should be at the bottom. <laughs> Why is the jacket not in alphabetical order? The that's right, yeah. The bottom. Yeah. 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 Why is there yogurt in this helmet? Oh, well, well you see, it used that. to be milk. <laughs> Time, Time makes, makes fools, fools of all. Of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be um, milk. He knows how to make ice cream soup. <laughs> Different episode, but still. Fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, since, since we're bringing up future armor, I guess I might as well just bring up later at the in the book. Mister Suit says one of like one of the vanishes has definitely survived. That's Clamps, right? Because he hasn't shown up. 
Maybe so. I mean, it could be one of the vanishers that got captured earlier. That's you know. Oh possible. yeah, I guess. I actually went out and looked because I was curious, and I knew that you would want to know. No one has asked Brandon, or he hasn't answered anything about what happened to Clamps. So what? we do not we do not oh, know if he, if he died in that building just now, or if he lived, mm-hmm. or if he escaped. Or I whatever. bet he's one of the one that ones that lived. Because I mean, how can you how can you get rid of Clamps off page? <laughs> Yeah, right. I my predicament for Clamps is that he was in the building but somehow lost his hands and uh, now has to come back as Clamps. Yep, yep. Oh, sure. And he could, sure. And maybe maybe he's secretly like a coin shot or a lurcher so he uses Alamancy to open and close <gasps> the Clamps. Oh, now we're talking. Or and, <laughs> yeah. and then on top of that, he like absconded with some of the aluminum, so his clamps are made out of aluminum. Yep, but, there you go. but he couldn't That's close cool. and open them with alamancy. That's true. That. He couldn't open them and close them. Oh yeah, yeah. Unless he made a switch that wasn't aluminum to attach to the aluminum clamps. Sure, sure. Yeah. Wow. Taste my aluminum clamps. <laughs> I, I I like the idea that he's lost his hands and the doctor's like, okay, I mean, should we put hooks or it's like, no, my name is clamps. What do you think you should put there? <laughs> and he's, yeah. and the guy's still confused. He's like, I don't know, like a coat hanger. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Now he's got Great a respectable idea. office job in the constabulary and he's, you know, clamping yeah. things together for G- them and give it to the new or- really intern. I think his name is Paperclip or something. It's yeah. clamps. <laughs> he, he can crimp things with his clamps. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I all right. I have you guys watched the episode, the the Comedy Central episodes that I recommended? No, I don't have access to not, them. Not not okay. as of yet. Because w- like one of them clamps is the main character, and it's oh, is that the one where he like gets a job at Planet Express or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, actually, I have seen that one at some point. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite ones of the Comedy Central <laughs> ones, just because I'm like, wow, they made an episode about clamps of all people. And it's 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 really cool because he has this rivalry with Zoidberg because Zoidberg's like, oh, you know, the only reason they yeah. keep me around is for cutting things. And but Clamps is doing that with his clamps and everyone's praising him for it. And so Zoidberg feels left out. Yes, I remember because there's a scene where he's like he's like crushing Zoidberg's claws and it's like he's going to like crack the lobster or whatever. And then doesn't Zoidberg like chop his clamps off or something? I I, see, I remember this vaguely, this episode. Yeah, they have they have a showdown at high noon over it. So very Western, much like this book. Uh, <laughs> and, but yeah, no, it's 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 one of it's one of my favorite episodes. That's also where we find out his first name is Francis. Ah, uh, yeah, Francis. Yeah, they call me Frankie Clamps. Hardly <laughs> uh, so. recommend that episode. It's one of the best. After we get the uh, You're a Bizarre Woman, Steris, uh, Miles hollers out, you've missed your calling, Waxillium. You're an army unto yourself, and you are wasted in the life you've taken upon yours. He really is kind of like a one-man army after what we just saw. It's crazy. Just crushed a building. Yeah. Well, I mean, after, yeah, and after he, like, shot a bunch of dudes and shredded them and killed that yeah. coin shot. And he only has two powers. Let's be yep. clear. He is not a Mistborn. If a Mistborn had done all this... You would have been like, no, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, this guy. Yeah. Although if Spook had done it, even as a Mistborn, I would have <laughs> really Spook did that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Vin once went into that, uh, into like Set's Keep and killed like 300 soldiers or something. So, of course, I guess Zane was there. Yeah, with, I was about to say, he helped. But he was using Adium and she was not. So, but uh, so he gets Steris out of there also by handing her his other shotgun. And uh, he's like, I'm going to lift you up and I want you to run for the precinct on 15th and Rumen. If one of the vanishers comes at you, fire the shotgun. I'll hear it and I'll come and help. 
And Miles is like, Wax, if you're done playing, maybe you'd like to come settle things. He's hiding down in the tunnel. He's not going to come out. And this is when uh, Wax walks down the tunnel and finds that Tarson is holding Marisai. He's got her in front of him with a gun to her head. And Tarson, for all his, like, uh, muscle and stuff, it, it's it's easy to forget that he's not a tall dude. He's kind of short because he's young for a Coloss blood uh, type person. So Wax does not have a good shot at him behind Marisai is uh, the gist of that. And Wayne shows up and says, sorry about this. When she got grabbed, I thought it was Miles. So I did anyone figure out what was going to happen from that? Yeah, nope. That that, that was our hint that the plan was for Miles to grab Marisai. So something could happen. Mm, yeah, so that she could slow down time, I guess. Yep. yep. Makes sense now. I did not pick that up at the time. So Wax is sitting here, and he can't bring himself to try to shoot Tarson. He is, in fact, holding the same gun that he killed Lussie with, and he's like, no, I can't do it. And so uh, Miles is like, fine, if you're not going to come out, we're gonna, I'm going to count to three, and then he's going to shoot the girl. And Wax has Wayne put up a speed bubble, and he does the most ridiculous. Like, I, it is so insanely, like, with the accuracy and the kind of coolness that I don't know that I buy it as uh, in any way possible yeah i'm i was kind of with you i was like i mean this is really awesome but no way (laughs) no way not even with a speed bubble could you predict that accurately (laughs) so from within the speed bubble he shoots one bullet the bullet deflects as it hits the the border of the speed bubble so it goes off in kind of a, a an odd direction he takes a bead on it the slow moving bullet with his gun has Wayne drop the speed bubble, fires his, as he fires his bullet, he pushes it so it goes faster than the other bullet, so it catches up to the other bullet, and hits that bullet in exactly the right way to deflect it into Tarson's head behind Marisai. Badass. It was extremely badass. Like I, I, I can't I can't debate that. So have any of you guys seen the the terrible movie they made about the Dark Tower by Stephen yes. King? Uh yes, I did. Yeah. So the Gunslinger, uh, is that what it was? Oh, no, it was just The Dark Tower. It was just called it The Dark was, Tower, yeah. Oh, okay. It was kind of an adaptation of The, Gunsl- of the Gunslinger. It, it but, really wasn't an adaptation not. of The Gunslinger, no, yeah. I mean, like, super <laughs> vaguely, maybe. But, yeah. like, if you've read The Gunslinger, the entire book is dude walking across a desert alone, which mm-hmm. wouldn't make much of a movie, quite honestly. Mm, no. Yeah. But anyway, so, spoilers, spoilers for this movie, listeners. So if you haven't seen this terrible, terrible movie and you want to, tune out for like the next couple of the next minute or so <laughs> so right at the end of the book this something's uh, the end of the book the end of the movie something similar happens roland pulls out his gun and he sh- and he fires one bullet and then he points his gun to the side and fires a second bullet which ricochets off the wall and into the first bullet knocking the first bullet into the bad guy who can push bullets out of the way so like he yeah he had to ricochet bullets to, to actually kill the kill the man in black and it was like it was a cool moment, but also like I was watching the whole thing. It's like, all right, that was pretty cool, and it was cool to see him finally get one over the bad guy. But it makes no damn sense. How is the second bullet traveling faster than the first to knock it into him? So I was reminded of that when reading this scene. But uh, and and that just made this scene a lot better because like they explained this is why he's able to hit the first one with yeah. the second bullet. It made sense in the context of this book. So. Is, I'm kind of speaking like, yeah, this is what that movie should have done. It didn't have those <laughs> powers, but God damn it, this 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 book did it right. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's fair. <laughs> the listeners are just like, well, you just shut up. This has nothing to do with anything. I, it, it's funny because somebody just posted in uh, like one of the 
Sanderson subreddits. Like, hey, what do Brandon Sanderson fans think about Stephen King? And uh, the only Stephen King re- book I've read is The Gunslinger. And I hated that book. And so that's what I said. I was like, look, I, I decided to give him a try. I read, I figured if I was going to like one of his books, it was going to be the Dark Tower books. So I read The Gunslinger and I despised that book so much that I could not. People have told me like the series gets really good if you make it to book three or four. I'm like, but I don't want to slog through another one of these before it starts to get good. So I'm not going to do that. That's and fair. Then, of course, I got downvoted because people are like, no, Stephen King's awesome. Shut up. But, you know. I've, I've, I've read the whole Dark Tower series and it's sort of patches there like each book has really cool moments in it but i think out of the seven books only the the fourth one is the only one i like start to finish mm. and the and the whole thing is pretty much a whole episode flashback to Rollins when he was younger so interesting yeah that's that's the only one i liked the whole way through the rest of them is like i don't dislike these but none of them really grabbed me on the flip side the only other stephen king book i've read is it and i fucking loved that book start to finish, mm. even though that book is massive yeah, I've seen it. It's huge. Yeah, but like I never once felt the length of that book while reading through it. Like the pace was just like, this is great. I was engaged the whole way through. I've debated reading that one before. Uh, people are always, I'm always hearing good and bad things about it. People like to like to harp on the one scene in the book that doesn't make it into the movie because there's no way that you could put that in a movie. Uh, uh, yeah, that thing. So yeah, it's always kind of awkward. But uh, I don't know. Maybe someday Would I'll probably get. There, there's a scene where all the the kids in the in the past, like they're they're like preteens or something, and they all have sex with each other. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a little awkward. Yeah, it's yeah, it's meant it's meant to be like uh, this is them transitioning from childhood to adulthood. I'm just like, uh, there's probably other ways you could have done that. Well, and I I've seen I've seen interviews with him about it where he's like, look, it was a different time when I wrote that book, and uh, I don't know that that's a good a good excuse, but. Uh, you know. Yeah, you know, it was a different time—a time when I imagined what preteens having sex with each other was like. Also, he—I think that's you know—that that was during his coke period. So. <laughs> yeah. I, one of the guys in that in that Reddit thread I was talking about was like, "Look, uh, I uh, this may be a controversial opinion. I'm I, Stephen King was a much better writer when he was on coke." And I'm like, "Okay, if you say so." Then. Anyway, we get. I'm not qualified to judge. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, I was a much better everything when I was on Coke, which was never. <laughs> He's like, for for all you FBI agents listening, that was. Never. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've never done Coke. It was like, that was a strange thing to broadcast on a podcast. <laughs> I, Joe, am here to declare <laughs> I have never partaken in cocaine. Oh, she's upset about that. <laughs> how dare you she's like why why no cocaine but i i don't I, I doubt anyone was surprised when wayne's immediate reaction is oh you shot him in the head that was my hat he was wearing oh yeah oh that was me lucky yeah, hat, I saw that. <laughs> and miles is shocked by the ridiculous thing that just happened eventually just pick phrases his yeah no absolutely fair Eventually raises his gun up, Wax shoots him in the hand again, and then when he drops the gun, shoots the gun to make it fly away. And Miles is like, stop doing that! <laughs> yeah, also fair. And then he shoots him in the mouth. He shoots Miles in the mouth, and Wayne's like, man, somebody should have done that ages ago. And Wax, like, Wax tells him, okay, time for you to leave. Backup plan is still to go. And Wayne's like, are you sure you got all of them? And Wax says, Tarson was the last. He doesn't actually know that, but he's just really hoping. Grab my hat if you get the chance. I don't see anyone with any clamps. 
<laughs> Clamps is hiding somewhere in the back. That's really the only smart thing to do when Wax shows up, as we've just seen. You should just hide. So Miles comes over and just starts beating the shit out of Wax. He's already not in great shape after, you know, being through an explosion and all the other stuff he's gone through tonight. And Wax, uh, at, at first, he he's kind of trying to, you know, get in there and fight a little bit, but it doesn't take long before he's just on the ground, like rolled up, just taking it. And Miles is, you know, monologuing. Uh, like, I know you feel it, too, watching the downtrodden and how nobody cares. People are murdered every day in the city, at least one a day. Did you know that? And Wax is just like, I got to keep him talking, which is not hard, apparently. Miles is very ready to monologue. And he's talking about all these people who get to the city, doesn't care about the beggars, the orphans dead because of lack of food, or they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, or they tried something stupid. And Wax says, you're trying to invoke the survivor's mandate, but it won't work. This isn't the final empire of legend. A rich man can't kill a poor man just because he feels like it. We're better than that. And so apparently I, the survivor's mandate is a thing. And I don't know if that's like part of the survivorism religion or in a way I want it to be written into the government's like uh, like their version of the Declaration of Independence or whatever, where it's like the survivor's mandate. If the government ever becomes super corrupt, then you are supposed to overthrow it like he did. Yeah, I that, would be that funny. is like written in the law where it's like if, if it ever comes to a point where people are owning one another and and like people get away with corrupt, like with doing basically whatever they want and hurting other people, it's like you have a responsibility as a citizen to overthrow the government. Well, and we know, which uh, I, I didn't when I first read this book because it didn't come out then, but because of secret history, we know that Kelsier was hanging out with Spook as this government was getting founded. So who knows what he might have insisted get put in there. No, you know exactly what he insisted was put on the Declaration of Independence, a map to the Well of Ascension. And so somewhere out there, there is a Nicolas Cage <laughs> character who's trying to steal this declaration so he can find the well. <laughs> Nick Cage. More of, a, more of a Well of Ascension protector. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Nick Cage. Yeah. Why, thank you. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't wait for that new movie. It looks hilarious. It does. It does oh, look ridiculous. White. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, I can't it looks wait. Pretty, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks pretty out there. So they announced today that Nick is going to do a Reddit AMA to as part of you know the press for this movie. And oh, so, oh god, people were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be insane. I can't wait. I love Nick Cage so much. I don't know that I'd say that, but I like him. He's he's, he's hilarious. <laughs> he just he just really goes for it, you know. Yep. He's not a he's not afraid to do his Nick Cage thing. I've, um, so I, I would always read a lot of Roger Ebert stuff when, you know, when he was alive mm-hmm. and I, I can't remember which movie he was talking about, but like it was something he was, it was a Nick Cage movie and he made a remark, which has stuck with me for years and years and years is that Nick Cage is a good actor in good movies, but he's a great actor in bad movies. I'm like, that is very true. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen something like drive angry, but like, it is fantastic for him in that. You know, might ruffle a few feathers. Con Air, like, like fun movie. No, I wouldn't say it's a it's a good movie, but it's definitely fun. And it, I, I enjoy Con Air. Yeah, I enjoy. Oh, it. I, 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 I enjoyed it a lot. Like in terms of filmmaking, I'm just like, eh, it's probably not the best, and like, yeah. really awkward with Steve Buscemi's thing. But I uh, was see, I would watch a whole movie with Steve Buscemi's character from that. I agree. I just, love. I like Steve Buscemi. Yeah, oh, he's, I, he's I like the amazing. character. I'm just like, is this really someone who needs to get away? Yeah. Clean? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. See so now, now I'm reading Roger Ebert's uh, critique of Nick Cage's acting ability. 
I don't know if the, I haven't even gotten through it to see if this is the, the same thing you're talking about. But he says there are often lists of great living male movie stars, De Niro, Nicholson and Pacino. Usually how often do you see the name Nicolas Cage? He should always be up there. He's daring and fearless in his choice of roles and unafraid to crawl out on a limb, sawed off and remain suspended in the in air. No one else can project inner trembling so effectively. Recall the opening scenes of Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, jeez. He won an Oscar for, for that movie, and God, he earned it. I've never seen Leaving Las Vegas, actually. That is, it's, it, it is, it is an excellent movie, but it is not an easy watch. Mm. The real reason we can tell the twins apart, you know, I don't know who Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman are, and that's, like, the, uh, second, ha- the second half of this is about comparing That's adaptation. So Ch- uh, Charlie Kaufman is a screenwriter who who d- does really meta sort uh, sort of movies that are also sort of depressing. So like adaptation or being John Malkovich. Uh, mm. Don- Donald Kaufman is a fiction is a fictional uh, character from adaptation who is Charlie's twin brother. Nick Cage plays them both. Okay. Mm, he says the real reason we can tell the twins apart even when they're in the same trick shot comes from within. Cage can tell them apart. He is always Charlie when he plays Charlie and always Donald when he plays Donald. Just look and see. Yeah, he's a Ebert was a fan, clearly. Okay. Yep. I uh yeah, Nick Cage does some some great acting in a lot of movies. I I love The Rock. I really like Lord of War a lot. I haven't seen that one. I really need to. Mm. Yeah, Lord of War's good. I even like Face Off. Face Off is really good. I've never actually seen Face Off, so. Well, that one's just fun because you get but you start out, it's just Nick Cage going nuts and John Tra- and John Travolta being the straight man, and then right. they swap. And then they but swap. it's like it's it's not just John Travolta being crazy; it's John Travolta act like doing what he thinks is Nick Cage being crazy, and Nick Cage being John Travolta as the straight man. But I I just love Nick Cage just when he's just doing crazy whatever he feels like doing, like like he shows up in Into the Spider Verse because why oh, that's the hell right. not? He was the noir. Yeah, he's noir Spider Man. <laughs> he's also uh he also is the his role in kick-ass i'm just like really yep okay yep. it's pretty wild yep. it's pretty he wild. never got to be the superman that he wanted to be although he's he did the voice in like an animated yeah. or two yeah uh what a guy i can't yeah, I'm, I'm i'm so excited for this movie it looks like I, even before any trailers came out for this this new movie i was like just from the the, the premise the premise i was like yes i'm in i'm there yep same uh, Okay, sorry. Back to Marvel. This has been the Nicolas Cage yeah. part of the podcast. <laughs> the Nick hey, Cage if, moment. If Wesley Snipes can get his own segment, Nick Cage can get his own yeah, segment. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Suck it, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Miles says, I don't care about the survivor's mandate. I found something better. That doesn't matter to you. You're just a sword, a tool that goes where it's pointed. It rips you apart that you can't stop the things you know you should, doesn't it? And Wax finds himself nodding. Honestly, he's like, no, I mean, you're right. You're out of line, but you're not wrong. And he, he tells Miles, I'll start helping those people. I promise. And Miles is like, I'm so you're not going to live that long, Wax. And he's just kicking him again and again. Like, Wax is on the ground and Miles is kicking him repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, Miles is really Walter and Big Lebowski at this point. He's like, am I the <laughs> only one who gives a shit about the rules? I could see. I could see that. I could see him as Walter, sure. Now I'm picturing him this this movie, but uh, uh, with with, yeah. uh, with him in in there as Miles, and it's a weird. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I can get you a toe wax <laughs> with, with nail, nail polish. polish. Yeah, uh, Marisai finally can't take it anymore. She's like, "Stop it! Stop it! You monster!" 
And uh, he's like, I suppose I should deliver you to suit, girl. You're on his list. You can replace the one that Wax Cillium set free. I'll probably have to track her down. And she's like, why is it that small-minded men must destroy that which they know is better and greater than they? And Miles like, better than me? He isn't great, child. Which is funny, because he told suit not that long ago. He's like, Wax is a better man than either of us. But I like her little speech. The greatest of men can be taken down by the simplest of things. A lowly bullet can end the life of the most powerful. And Miles like, not me. I don't care about bullets. <laughs> and she's like, no, you'll be brought down by something even more lowly. Me. That, that's kind of down on yourself, Marissa. I don't feel like you got to go that far. But okay. I don't think well, she I mean, believes that she is lowly. I sort of not read that as... Like, no, sorry, you, 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 no, you finish it. You finish your train. Oh, I just, I sort of thought it was more a case of she's saying that he, he's being taken down by a lowly woman. You know, he's not that powerful. That's kind of what I thought she was going for. Not yeah. that she's less than a bullet. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Sure, no, I follow you. I read it a bit differently. I thought, given that she has in the past talked about her power and how useless it is, she was sort of commenting on like, like she's been taken, he's being taken down by her lowly, lowly power, which is useless in any other circumstance. Mm. Okay. I think that's probably like more was, how I read it. Yeah. If it was that lowly, lowly though, they wouldn't like they wouldn't have a use, and it does have a use. As we've just well, discovered. I mean, yeah. gr- granted, but yeah, in the in the past, she has talked about it. She seemed really embarrassed yeah. by it, or just like oh, of course, really upset upset she didn't get something more useful. So, yeah. So at what point did you guys figure out what was going on with her speed bubble? So <laughs> I was even having this conversation this morning with Dak. I seriously, I cannot wrap my head around Marisai's bubble. And especially because they were still calling it a speed bubble, mm-hmm. it took me way too long to realize that it was Marisai's bubble, not Wayne's bubble. Ah. Like Wayne had come up from behind in a bubble and then it was all happening there. So yeah, it was just weird. But I don't know. My brain can just not process the time slowing down things. Like mm. Wayne's bubble, completely get it. But I so struggle with Maris. Even though it's just the exact opposite. It's really not that complicated. <laughs> I just, I, my brain can't figure it out. Interesting. So it took me ages. And after we listened to it, I was like, I don't understand how the bubble worked. And I think probably because I was looking for the bubble within a bubble. And that's not what happened at all. Yeah. I don't need your opinion, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> yeah. But I like it. Now, yeah, I've I've thought on it, I've pondered it for a while. I get what was happening, but it took me way too long. So what you're saying is we need to rewatch one of the future armor episodes where they're just mm. watch they're watching the world like going by at super speed outside them, but like, they're staying uh, the same. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. See, now if someone had said that to me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's only just occurred to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, someone. <laughs> yeah. It's like the very first episode of Futurama. He goes in the tube and then like the world fast forwards outside and aliens, <laughs> aliens destroy everything. And then it's like medieval times again for some reason. And then that gets destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. I would say for me, I I kept waiting for, I was like, okay, when's... They're going to use the bubble. So when is that going to happen? And I didn't realize until it was basically like upon us, like the light was coming. And I was like, oh, they're using it right now. Like I I was waiting for the eventual use of it. And I kept waiting. And I was like, I didn't realize at the time that it was going on until after it was over. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. The light's coming towards him. It's moving at super speed. Okay, they're in the bubble. 
Yep. So we get a light appearing, and Miles like, oh, who'd you bring? They're not going to get here in time. Except it moves very quickly. And he's like, wait a second. And then he notices it, and he's like, oh, shit. And he tries to run, but it's too late. She drops the bubble, and standing out there is Wayne in a, in a police uniform again with a big mustache. And he's like, get him, boys. And there's like a hundred freaking cops out there. And they just dogpile Miles basically and tie his arms up with some ropes. He probably didn't have another stick of dynamite in that thing anyway. Well, Almost all the cigars in his cigar case are dynamite. All, all, all he's wearing are his pants and even they're kind of shredded. So oh, does he even have point. pockets anymore? Yeah, I didn't think mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, it's a good point. I just like... and. This is, like, so funny. And it's such a Wayne thing. Like, it's such a Wayne scene. It's like, he's coming up in a fake mustache. He's like, book him, Dano! And, like, all these guys <laughs> just, like, dogpile on top of Miles. It's so, it's so like, goofy and ridiculous, but at the same time, awesome. I imagine we, it's, like, got to be a really thick, walrusy mustache as right, well yeah. that he's just gotten from somewhere. The mustache of leadership. Yeah, that's how he led the cops. Oh, yes! It all makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. It all in full circle. It all fits. Yeah. Mustache. Wait. Mustache. <laughs> Do we really want Wayne wearing the mustache no. of leadership? Nope. <laughs> I mean, but, I'd like to see what happens for like a week. You know, whatever you don't want Wayne doing, that's the thing he's going to be doing. So, <laughs> this guy. What did he trade for the mustache of leadership? I think Good is question. the real yep. question. Yep. I think. I think he... I think we learned earlier that he has like just like a, a a disguise kit because like at one point Wax is, says he, he's like wearing one of his fake mustaches. He had a fake nose on at one point. Like, I think Wayne just has like a disguise kit somewhere. Yeah, but you know everything in there he traded. For. That's, yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. Maybe he took uh, he he's he's taking hair off some dead guys and fashioning his own mustaches and wigs and things. We learn in yeah. the next chapter that you don't have to trade for dead guy stuff. But I, I like the callback to the uh, the moment that we had earlier. Uh, the first rule of the roughs. You forgot, Miles. The more alone you are, the more important it is you have someone you can rely on. And that's the end of that chapter. So then we get the constable general. It's like uh, has ready uh, the the captain or whoever this guy is. The guy who works under him, who we saw earlier. Uh, he's like uh, the constable general decided not to charge your associate for impersonating an officer of the law. I'm very generous of him. And Wax is sitting here, broken ribs, all just beat all to hell, having to listen to this shit. And so Marisai jumps in for him. He's like, the Constable General should be glad for Lord Wax Williams Day. He should have begged for his help all along. And we met the Constable General earlier. He was the guy who was yelling at Wax, like, about getting involved in this. And I knew I was going to have to have this conversation with you sooner or later and all that shit. And uh, Reddy here is like, actually, he does seem glad. And he, he, he's kind of confused about uh, the Constable General's attitude. And uh, Wax tells Marisai, you, you did a good job. This this was your catch. And she's like, well, I'm not the one who had to get beat all to hell. And uh, there's a moment where she's kind of like, she's she's still doing her thing. She's like, you, you're every bit the man I thought you m- might be, yet somehow more real at the same time. And she's getting ready to say something else. And he's like, look, Marisai, this is not going to work. I thank you, really, but there's not going to be anything between us. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, Oh, no, of course. I, I wasn't implying any such thing. Uh, how? Why would you even? Oh, I, uh, He's like, oh, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I must have misunderstood. Let's her keep some dignity. And he's thinking, if I was 10 years younger, it's not the age, actually. It's what those years did to him. When you years, walk, honey. It's the mileage. Yeah, exactly. 
When you watch the woman you love die by your own gunshot, uh, yeah, that does some things to you, I'm sure. But he's framing it this very noble thing where he's like, this woman is so young and full of life. She doesn't deserve someone like me. So no, was anyone surprised, by the way, uh, we're going to get to Steris in a second, but by the way, the uh, the uh, Marisai Wax Steris thing wrapped up, at least for now. I mean, it could always change, right? Yeah. No, I, I wasn't surprised. I think I think we had kind of discussed this, that that yeah. relationship seemed kind of icky and also because she seems like obsessed with him. Like it's it would be it seems like at the outset it would just be an unhealthy relationship based on affection out of obsession, not mm-hmm. like not like genuine mature feelings. So and I'm not saying that Marisai's childish, but in this situation, it just doesn't seem like it really is a good idea yeah. and so i think the that the correct choice was made here uh constable general breton shows up and tells wax that he has requested the senate give him a citywide deputized forbearance which would basically make him like a me- an official member of the constabulary so that he could do stuff like this a duly deputized officer of the law, as Adam West Batman used to say, because Adam West Batman was not some vigilante running around with no permission. He was duly deputized. And now Wax will be, too. And yeah. Wax. So, Wax. you know, Adam West Batman, the squarest yeah. of all Batman. <laughs> Wax is like, that's uh, very considerate of you. And the guy's like, it's the only way to excuse your actions without drawing embarrassment down on the precinct. I backdated the request. So hopefully no one will realize that you weren't allowed to do the things that you were doing last night. I don't want you to think you do need to work alone. The city could use your expertise. And Wax is like, uh, that's a very different stance from the one you took, like, <laughs> day before yesterday. Yeah. He's like, well, that's mighty white of you. <laughs> I have had occasion to change my mind. You should know soon I'm going to be retiring. There will be a new constable general, but he'll have to accept the Senate's mandate, assuming it passes. Okay. So, this whole thing set alarm bells off in my head. Uh, I don't know if this cast is predicament if I should, should if I was meant to save it for the end, but honestly, I don't know if we're going to see this guy again. The thought I had when he's saying, like, he's done a complete 180, he's now, like, much more pleasant to wax, even, like, getting him deputized, and then it's like, by the way, I'm going to be retiring soon as well. So my immediate thought was, like, did Harm, like, did this guy die, and Harmony sent a Kandra to take over his thing to be more helpful to wax and get wax into a position where he's more likely to be able to do what he needs to do. Mm. I I had a similar thought, but I didn't think harmony had anything to do with it. I I think it's his uncle pulling strings behind the scenes. He, he thinks he'll be able to use wax without wax knowing that he's being used. Basically. That's also a valid thing. So I just took it as he's covering his ass and maybe (laughs) someone else's problem when he (laughs) retires. I like that. That That's my favorite one where she's like, now he's just trying to cover his own ass. <laughs> I mean, all right. We know that Occam's razor is like, it's, you know, it's always, like the simplest solution is often the likely one, but the fans love it when we, th- when we bring out these crazy ass volcano theories. So let's go. So I can actually answer your question because we do not see this guy again. And somebody asked Fucking Brandon the exact question that you basically asked or, or suspected. And what Brandon says is, yes, Breton was killed towards the end of the book, but not in a storyline related plot. He just died coincidentally. Says saw this and sent a conjurer to get his bones, which is why he was not imitating him properly. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Look at you, Dak, on fire, sir. Very astute. Well done. God damn. 
Well, and also, also that's an official reveal that Contra still exists, which is total bullshit. But whatever. Well, no, I, I and the only reason I allowed, uh, I, I read that was because it is in the Ars Arcanum, which we're gonna get to soon. That Contra yes. still exists. Oh, I yes. didn't. I, uh, I forgot we were supposed to read that, so I didn't read that. <laughs> but that's why I felt it was okay to reveal that because we've established that there are Contra with what we read this time. Unless you haven't read it. Unless you didn't read Well, you, we were supposed to read it. We're going to talk about it. So nah, there's no reason to... I didn't uh, read it. I didn't, I didn't remember that. So yes, I'm impressed that, that you spotted that. I, the first time I read it, noticed absolutely nothing strange. I was just like, okay, I guess this guy likes wax now. Whatever. I need to fucking swing for the fences more often. Yeah. <laughs> Working out for you. Yeah. I mean, I still maintain that your volcano theory is correct. <laughs> They had some, some some of the listeners did too. I remember that. There were emails that we read that was like, really, you were kind of right. Um, so then we get Wayne showing back up. He's like, hey, I got another one of those guns for you. Don't worry, I traded a real nice scarf for it. Where'd you get the scarf? Off one of the dead blokes you shot. So it wasn't stealing. He ain't going to need it after all. And Marisai's like, wait, wait, wait. But the gun belonged to a dead guy too. So you traded a dead guy thing for another dead guy thing. I don't, the the logic, and Wax goes, don't try. Logic doesn't work on Wayne. And he has what may be my favorite of his lines in the book, even though all, all Wayne's lines are hilarious, where he's like, I bought a ward against it off a traveling fortune teller. It lets me add two and two and get a pickle. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't <laughs> like it. I love it. It doesn't make any, the whole point is it doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. This is getting uncomfortably spookish for Joe. <laughs> Yeah, if he starts speaking high imperial, I'm out. Sadly, no one has any news on the other women who were kidnapped. She's like, maybe Miles will say something. And Wax is like, yeah, he's not going to talk. And then we get Steris. I find it necessary to offer you my thanks. And he's like, well, I hope the necessity isn't too onerous. Only in that it comes is required after an onerous captivity. You should know that I was not touched indecently by my captors. I remain pure. And he's like, holy, I didn't need to know that. Like, that was not important. That, that You did not need to share that. And she's like, yeah, you you, you did need to know, assuming we're still going to get married. And I like her Her very uh, regimented brain is like, uh, I mean, your rescue of me will be expected to create an outpouring of my emotions. So we could plausibly announce our engagement as soon as next week and high society would accept it. Should I proceed with the contract? he's like, okay, well, I gotta let you know, I'm getting, like, a forbearance thing. I'm gonna be involved in some police business here. And, I like, she's like, well, I, I would be dead if you weren't returning to your uh, your past ways, so I'm not really in a position to complain. Also, every gentleman needs a hobby, and considering the self-indulgences of some of them that I've known, that wouldn't be problematic by comparison. And I, there's some stuff about Stairs I really like. Like, she's just like, look, both of us are beyond the point in our lives where expecting the other to change would be realistic. So I accept you if you can accept me. Actually, that's that's that's, that's kind of sweet. That's like yeah. someone who like is conscious conscious of her own like flaws, I guess, and is still trying to and she like she's trying to be heartfelt and sympathetic to someone, even if she doesn't know how to express it. And I thought that's actually a really nice little moment for her. And then she goes into this whole thing about how uh, her previous. Yeah, like fiancés all treated her like shit. I'm just like, you have had a horrible life. I'm so sorry. I don't know that. I don't know that treated like shit is exactly right. She's just like, I'm not without my faults, as my previous three suitors chose to explain to me at length in written communication. Which, I mean, that's. I, I don't know the way the way that's the way she said that and how hurt she clearly is by it. Yeah. Just made me think 
shit. But I agree. It's a very sweet moment. This moment in, in, is where in this book I start to be like, you know what? I like you, Steris. You're you're weird, but I like you. I actually think like she is a far more successful. Uh, I I got the impression she's probably on on the spectrum a bit, just with how her mind is ordered. And I thought she was a much more successful successfully written version of a character on the spectrum than that guy from Elantris was. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. True. I mean, if that's true, then I agree with you. But if it's not true, I feel like uh, that's not cool. Uh, it, it it is it is in fact true. Oh, nice. I wasn't going to mention it unless one of you guys brought it up first because it's not something that he p- made public until after the next book came out. That he's like, oh, by the way, this is I was really kind of trying to make up for what I did with the character in Lantris, where I got really stereotypical with this because I didn't know enough about people like this so um and i I, once again that good job because it wasn't until well into the next book that i picked up on that same thing where i was like wait a second i the way that she looks at things i think i think i see what's happening here yeah so well did you crawl into brandon's brain or something i don't don't know i don't know (laughs) well and i even had there was an email or a message that i got from somebody who was like are you are you guys gonna tell or are you going to tell the other folks this? Because, you know, it, talking about Steris, you might say something that could inadvertently, you know, not being aware of this, that could inadvertently upset somebody who really relates to this character because they're autistic or whatever. And, uh, and you know, I I would hate to see that. And I was like, well, I don't want to bias them. I want to, if, if they kind of, if somebody kind of comes across this on their own, then we can talk about it. But otherwise I'm going to wait until at least the point where Brandon told everyone else before I bring it up. Fair so, uh, so well done. And I, Wax is like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I hadn't realized. And she's like, no, it's not, it's not worthy of your attention. I did think that you probably realized I didn't come to this potential union without no offense, a measure of desperation. And he's like, okay, yeah, no, that because <laughs> Wax is not a catch as far as the general public was concerned either. So maybe they really do fit together. Well, who knows? Yeah, she's just like, look, I'm not good with people, but I have to stress, you have my thanks from the depths of everything that I am. Thank you. It's just, it's a really sweet moment, I feel like. She's trying real hard. And the chapter ends with, uh, she's like, so we're progressing in our engagement. And he kind of looks over at Marisai and he's like, you know what? I think maybe the problem is she, she like, I would have been crazy for a girl like this once. She's a lot like Lessie. Maybe that's the problem. Like, I can't, I can't do another Lessie. And so he's like, okay, we're moving forward. And then we get the epilogue, where I guess Marisai has graduated now, because it says that she helped prosecute Miles' case. But isn't it only like a week later? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So I don't know, maybe she's gotten an internship or something, who knows? Yeah. Like, man, that's the fastest trial. It could have also been because it's such a high-profile case. They rushed on it. Well, and she explains that the trial didn't take long because Miles didn't (laughs) deny anything that he'd done. Right. Justice moves swiftly out there in Ellendale. Honestly, the 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 biggest like I understand I, I don't even know why there's a trial if you're like yes I'm guilty of everything, but I feel like it's a bit of a, a conflict of interest to have somebody who was kidnapped by the defendant as part of the Absolutely. legal team. Absolutely. Yeah, they didn't do that one so well, but you know it's Ellendale. They don't know all the ins and outs of conflicts of interest clearly because <laughs> there's quite a few conflicts of interest going on yeah. in this book if you take yeah. a close look at it. <laughs> uh, and so she's uh 
she's thinking back. She's like, it was like a day and a half. All this crap happened in a day and a half from the wedding to the end. And she'd nearly been killed. She'd killed someone for the first time. She'd fallen in love and been rejected. I don't know that you were in love, Marisai. I think maybe you're just not quite experienced enough to say that. Yeah, again, that's like one of those things where I'm like, I mean, there's a difference between being in love and being obsessed with somebody. Mm-hmm. And Miles, uh, he, he says, didn't deny any of his crimes. He still thinks he's immortal. Even as he's standing up there, all his metal mines removed, a dozen rifles aimed at him. He doesn't believe he's going to die. And the rifles fire. And we cut away. That's a little bit mean, but okay. We cut to Wax getting on a train. He is walking with a cane, still aching from the broken ribs and such. One week is not enough to heal. Sits down in a very nice carriage and waits until he hears footsteps. And then he says, hello, uncle. Which also I, when I first read it, no clue. When he says, hello, uncle, I'm like, wait, what the what? What the what? Mm -hmm. Lord Edward Ladrian stepped into the room. Whale ivory cane. And he wants to know how you found me. And Wax uh, kind of skirts past the question. He's like, uh, you know, some of the vanishers described a guy called Mr. Suit. I don't think anyone else recognized you, but uh, I knew. Which does not answer how, how he found him on this, this train. But we learned that it was the numbers in Miles' cigar case, which was another of Dax's calls, I think, where he's like, I don't think it's going to come into play, like, right away. But I think at the end, it'll, like, play into it somehow. Shit, I don't even remember that one. Yeah. And he says, where's Telson? That's Wax's sister. And he says, your sister is safe, which is a relief to Wax. He's like, I don't even know why I'm so relieved. Like, I haven't seen her in years. But so I guess she maybe has joined the other kidnapped women. She's of a very uh, long line of owl answers also. And uh, his uncle's like, no, you must have suspected. Like, there's no way that you just recognize the description of those idiots unless uh, you already had me in mind. I've changed my clothing, my haircut, even shaved my beard, which when he met with Miles earlier, he's very specifically had a beard. We brought it up. So I don't know what uh, I'm not sure I buy that bit. Oh, he said he shaved. Didn't he? Doesn't he say he's, he changed the length of his beard? No, he says and even shaved my beard. Oh, OK. I, I don't know. For some reason in my brain, and maybe it's because I was thinking, well, he had a beard earlier that. I just I thought he meant like my beard used to be longer and like I guess it that could was mean the that style for lords point, yeah. like to have their beards longer or something. Hmm. But uh, but then he cut it, you know, shorter. Yeah, maybe he had a giant Patrick Rothfuss beard and he trimmed it down. That's a good point. That could be it. Uh, you can't bring up PR, man. <laughs> and Wax is like, well, you shouldn't have had your butler try to kill me. He was too long in the family employee and too ready to kill me to have been hired on short notice by the Vanishers. He, that meant he'd been working for he was working for someone else and had been for some time. Then the sh- simplest answer was it was the person he'd been working for for years. And the guys and his uncle's like, oh, of course, you weren't supposed to know that he caused the explosion. And Wax's like, you mean I wasn't supposed to survive the explosion? And dude just shrugs. <laughs> also, like the, the explosion wasn't the first thing he tried. So, nope. like, <laughs> I feel like he would have known anyway. Maybe his plan was to poison them and then blow up the room. And that's why he brought the bomb in. And then maybe that nobody would find the poison. I don't know. He was he was trying to cover all his bases. He's like, all right, if the bomb doesn't get you, the poison will. If the poison doesn't get you, then I'll just fucking shoot you. <laughs> I mean, you can't blame the guy for being thorough. No, not with wax, because none of that worked. So he was not thorough enough is the end result. And uh, he's like, why did you even bring me back? If you're just going to kill me, why don't you just let somebody else take the house title? And if you remember, we found out that Wax's cousin, this guy's son, 
died of a disease not too long before uh, his the uncle supposedly died. So apparently plans were already in most motion. The cousin's death was unexpected and kind of threw a monkey wrench into things. Besides, I hoped, obviously without basis, that you'd have overcome your over- overdeveloped childhood sense of morality. Yeah, wanting to do the right thing. What, what a horrible... This guy's so smarmy here that I'm not uh, I'm not a fan. And Wax is like, I want the other women. And Lord Ladrian's like, okay, well, you can't have them. <laughs> like, I'll expose you. Go ahead. Some people will believe you. Others will think you're crazy. Neither reaction will hinder me or my colleagues. And Wax is like, nah, screw you. I beat you. The Vanishers are gone. Miles is being executed right now. You were behind all of this. You obviously don't have much money if you needed the shit that they were stealing. He's like, oh, you don't know half of what you think you know. And so, well, first, some of the Vanishers apparently will swear to their graves that Miles raped and killed those women. And at least one of those he knows for a fact survived. So, but it turns out that the entire plot revolved around House Tekiel, who had the most shipments robbed from them to start, including the two shipments of aluminum, which that's a shit ton of money. But House Tekiel's primary business is security and insurance. The Vanisher attacks were targeting shipments insured by House Tekiel, targeted losses to make them have to owe out all this money in insurance claims, while at the same time, the house itself losing its money out of its own shipments, devastated the house's financial integrity. Company shareholders are selling their stakes for pennies. So basically, they've just arranged uh, through some very shady means for a hostile takeover of uh, House Tekiel by Lord Ladrian and his colleagues. It's all about the insurance. We've just seized one of the most powerful financial institutions in the city, and we're taking on all those debts by buying the company, but the materials have just been recovered by the police and will be returned, so we won't have to pay those insurance claims. <sighs> we needed only a temporary disappearance of goods. Everything worked out perfectly. Thank you. Couldn't have done it without you, Wax. Ouch. This is This was just... A really intricate, uh, like, Xanatos Gambit sort of plan. You cheeky motherfucker. I love to see. I, uh, it, it's like an episode of The A-Team where Hannibal at the end is like, I, I love it when a plan comes together. Even yeah. when it's a bad guy plan like this, I love seeing a really well-constructed plan, like, come together. Uh, this guy. We cut back to Marisai, who's watching Miles get shot. The first volley of bullets, the wounds actually heal. They'd searched him carefully for metal mines, and yet here the bullet holes are closing up and his smile widening. You're fools. One day the men of gold and red, bearers of the final metal, will come and you will be ruled by them, Miles yells. Whatever the hell that means. Bearers of the final metal, the men of red and gold and red. I don't know. Tanner, don't act like you don't know. Stop being an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that was just a really mysterious sort of thing that he screamed. Oh, That's yeah, weird. it's so mysterious to you. I'm sure you have no idea what he's talking about. So they they keep shooting him, and uh, the bullet holes don't keep healing by about the fourth round. And he starts, Just, blood starts coming out of his mouth. Worship, worship Trell and wait. Just brutal. Yeah. No, the brutal part is after the fifth round, when it seems that he's definitely dead, one of the guys walks up, pulls out a pistol, and shoots him in the head several times. Just, yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta make sure he's way dead. To be sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's Miles Hundred Lives, man. Why? It's just, yeah, it's still brutal. 
Like, jeez. That part was gruesome enough that Marisai finally had to look away. We cut back to Wax, who's like, it's not just the insurance. You took those women, and uh, dude's just not going to respond to that. And Wax has his suspicions, but he doesn't want to tip his uncle off to his suspicions about why the women were taken. So he's like, I don't know what you're doing with them, but I'm going to find out. Oh, please, Waxillium. Your self-righteousness was tiring enough when you were a youth. Your heritage alone should make you better than that. You were of a noble bloodline directly back to the counselor of the gods himself. So Breeze had a cool awesome nickname. title for Breeze. Yep. yep. I was about to say, like, definitely a super awesome title. Yeah. And uh, he's like, it was with re- great regret that I ordered your death, and I only did so under pressure from my colleagues. I suspected, even hoped, that you would survive. The world needs you. Us. This, you sound like Miles. No, he sounded like me. So maybe this is where Miles got some of his uh, his uh, weird uh, new belief system. Does this does does Uncle Ladrian worship Trell also? But I like this brings us back to a clue that got dropped earlier when uh, when Miles saw that trunk of Wax's stuff and he's like, yeah, suit got this in case we wanted to like set wax up for something for some reason he'd been hesitant to kill wax at first and now we know why because it was his uncle that makes sense Mm. and so dude just he starts tucking his handkerchief into his collar so he can eat his dinner or his lunch or whatever it's like you're not ready i'll see that you're sent the proper information from now you may withdraw and consider what i've told you this dude i don't like him and wax is like oh no here i'm gonna he starts getting his gun and uh, then, <laughs> then some guns get cocked, and he, he says, I have nearly 20 Allen answers riding in this train, Waxillian. You are wounded, barely able to walk, and you don't have a sliver of evidence against me. Are you certain this is a fight you want to start? And Wax gets a moment where he sweeps everything on the table onto the floor. He's like, I'll kill you someday, uncle. Which we learn in a minute was all a misdirection, so he could grab his uncle's pocketbook. Very slick. Yep. I enjoyed the drama of the moment. <laughs> See, I thought it was kind of childish, but then when you find out that it was to swipe the pocketbook, it made sense. And Edward's like, uh, leaning back completely unthreatened, lead him off to the back of the train and throw him off. Good day, Waxillian. Which, that would be a really horrible thing to do to someone, except that Wax is a coin shot, so throwing him off the back of the train is actually not bad. If you threw him off the side, it might be bad. But uh, the back is just a polite dismissal for him. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, I skipped the part at the end of the last Marisai section where something gets her attention and she uh, goes down this alleyway. And she's just, she's feeling this incredibly powerful curiosity and she has to find out who this mysterious figure is that she's seen in the alley. And she's thinking to herself, what am I doing? I'm running into an alleyway alone? This is really dumb, but I can't help it. Apparently Wax gave her a little a little revolver that she now keeps in her handbag. Very, very thoughtful present, Wax. And that's when she runs uh, around a corner and right into this guy in a a tall man in a black robe, well over six foot tall, ominous appearance in this billowy robe. He wasn't that tall originally. That was something to do with becoming an Inquisitor, wasn't it? I don't remember if it mentioned how tall he was originally, honestly. I think I think he was pretty tall because I think they talk about how like Marsh is actually like a super handsome, tall dude. I don't remember. Yeah, I couldn't tell you for sure, but it makes sense. I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything that we know about hemolurgy that would make you taller, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't happen. So, but yeah, I, I, I believe that he was already tall. I'll, I'd have to go look back to be sure. We need more room for more spikes. Put him on the rack. <laughs> he pulls down his hood. He's still sporting a shaved head. Got those face tattoos from when he was an obligator briefly. And two spikes driven through his eyes, which one got pulled out. 
way back in the day. So he must have stuck either that same one or another one back in there. And she's like, Iron Eyes. I apologize for bringing you like this. Like this? With emotional allomancy. I sometimes pull too hard. I've never been as good at this sort of thing as Breeze was. Be calm, child. I will not hurt you. And then he soothes her to make her calm. But it's such an unnatural feeling when she's confronting, like, face-to-face with Iron Eyes that it's actually, it's kind of worse. She has this calm feeling that she can't shake when she should not be calm. Your friend has uncovered something very dangerous. And you want to stop him? Stop? Not at all. I wish him to be informed. Harmony has particular views about how things must be done. I did not always agree with him. Oddly, his particular beliefs require that he allow that. So he gives her a book. A small book that he wants her to give to Wax on his behalf. He tells her, you can read it if you want, but please make sure it gets to him. She's like, no offense, but why don't you just give it to him yourself? I have a feeling he'd have tried to shoot me. That one does not like unanswered questions. But he does my brother's work, and that is something I feel inclined to encourage. Good day, Lady Marisai Holmes. Which, okay, we know what that means. Like, that Wax is doing what Kelsey should be doing, and, and that's all cool. They don't like no one knows that Iron Eyes is the survivor's brother, do they? I don't know. I feel like because Marsh gets discussed at length in the in the annotations from the third book, which no, no, not the annotations, the the epigraphs, which we know were published for everyone to read as part of the words of founding that get mentioned here. Oh, good point. I don't know. I don't remember if it's mentioned if Kelsier is mentioned in there, though. So I don't know if they would know that they're brothers, or even if it did say they were brothers, if they might think that, oh, well, God, Kelsier's brother is death. Maybe that's like a uh, a metaphor. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and I guess it also like depends if people put together that Iron Eyes is the same yes, person that was exactly. that was in the books. Because yeah. like, yep. as far as, as like how I read this, like, yeah, it's like for us, we know exactly what he means. But Marisai has just met basically the Grim Reaper yep. and just said – Oh, yeah, that guy that you've been crushing on the whole time and you've been helping out. Yeah, he's doing my brother's work. And I'm thinking to myself, is she just going, your brother, there's someone out there who's even more dangerous and deadly than you. What the fuck is Wax doing? Yeah, that's a fair point. Well, and also at this point, you're like, he's doing, he, Wax is doing, like, your brother's work. He's doing, what exactly is your brother's, like, even from our perspective, like, what do you mean exactly? Like, how's he doing Kelsier's work? Like, is, is he literally doing something Kelsier would want him to do? Or is that also more metaphorical where he's like, he's doing the kind of thing Kelsier would do? Yeah, and the other thing to consider, we talked we talked a bit about how Marsh can hear Sazed because, because of his spikes. But we saw from Secret History that Spook put in a spike and all of a sudden was able to see Kelsier. So yep. maybe Marsh and Kelsier were able to have chats as maybe. well at some point. Yep. Maybe. So, yeah, there's all sorts of implications here that you're like, I, I need to know more. Yeah. Uh, and then he just turns and leaves with Alamancy, like, leaping over buildings, basically. Uh, but yes, Marsh finally shows up. He he, he wasn't Miles. Sorry, uh, Jamie. But, uh... Yeah. I was on fire this book. <laughs> we cut back to Wax, who lands uh, back at the train station, where Wayne is sitting, smoking a pipe, reading a book. Which, I love Wayne talking about his book. He's like, it's a good book. You should read it. It's about bunnies, and they talk. Damnedest thing ever. <laughs> Is he reading Watership Down? Right, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's exactly the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, I don't know. So it was your uncle? Yes, crud, I owe you a fiver then. The bet was for 20. Yeah, but you owe me 15 from the bet that we made about uh, you helping me with the Vanishers. I don't remember that bet. You weren't there when we made it. It's like, Wayne, you cannot make bets with people who aren't there. 
I can if they should have <laughs> been there, and you should have wax. And he's like, I will from now on. They're in this together. It's very, it's it's a very sweet bro moment here. <laughs> and Wayne Wayne's like, I I always wondered what it would be like to come here and find civilization and all that. I didn't realize this is really the rough part of the world. We had it easy out there past the mountains. You can be very wise sometimes, Wayne. It's on account of my thinking, mate. It's what I do with my brain some of the time, at least. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we're gonna. He, he explains how he uh, he took the pocketbook, the appoint with the appointments and notes in it. Wayne's like, oh, you take it with a shoulder bump? Nope, table sweep. Nice. Glad to know I taught you something useful. What'd you trade for it? A threat and a promise. He would see this to the end. Ruff's honor. When one of your own went bad, it was your job to see the mess cleaned up. Very, very dramatic uh, end to this book, but I like it. So Adventure is just beginning. Yeah. Which at the time, that was this was going to be the only book, so it's like, it, it just leaves it open so that, you know, there's, there's more possibilities. Uh, okay, Ars Arcanum. The first section is just about the metals, and the the main interest there to me is that it tells you what the mistings and the fairings are called. So, like, aluminum mistings or aluminum nets, aluminum fairings are called true self fairings, and so on and so forth. So, that's kind of cool, since we were talking about that sort of thing, but I'm not going to go through all of them, because there's, like, oh, 16 metals, and we don't need to touch on all it the names. Did, um, it did have a few, like, I remember we had questions when we saw that chart way back when, like, the the spike chart mm-hmm. and it's and it had like the notes of oh you know these spikes can like like this metal can do this and they're talking about storing identity and connection and stuff like that i'm like what the hell does that even mean mm-hmm. and this ex- this explained mm-hmm. that for a lot of them so that was cool some of the weirder ones it's like yeah even the terrorist people don't really talk about that much because they don't understand it but yeah it, yeah. it explains some of them it says that the uh for instance the chromium one that stores fortune it says that uh, you can make yourself unlucky and then tap it to be lucky later. So we kind of yeah. touched on that. I like uh, the the fairing name for steel, the one where you store physical speed. They're called steel runners. That just sounds cool to me. Yeah, it's cool. But the other section, the one that I was like, this is the one you guys should read, is on the three metallic arts. And remember, this is all from Chris's. This is all being written by Chris, who's not a local. So she's like, locally, these these three manifestations of investiture are spoken of as the metallic arts, though there are other names for them. Allomancy is end positive, according to her own terminology, meaning that you draw in power from an external source. And she goes into detail here about the actual outlet of power is not chosen by the practitioner, but is hard written into their spirit web. I love that term. Spirit web. It sounds very cool. <laughs> the power doesn't actually come from the metal. The metal is a catalyst that begins an investiture and keeps it running. In truth, not that different from the form-based investitures on cell, where the key is the, the specific shape is the key. Here, it's a it's kind of different. It's the metal that's the key, but it still dictates what the magic does when it comes out, basically. Also, as opposed to cell. And uh, and the Elantrian magic, where you have to learn how to make the right shapes, Allomancy is like instinctive and intuitive to at least some degree. Sixteen base metals, two that are called god metals locally, can be used in an alloy to craft an entirely different set of sixteen metals. So you remember we had the the eleventh metal from the first series, which was an alloy of adium and gold. But what she's explaining here is that that adium is one of the god metals. You can alloy adium with any of the 16 other metals to make different metals Ooh. that work. So 
gold lets you see your own past or a different version of yourself. You alloy with that with adium, and it creates kind of a reverse of that, where you're seeing that about someone else. That was the 11th metal, right? So the idea that we're getting here, even though we haven't seen any of the other adium alloys, is that adium somehow reverse each of those things in some way or something like that. Uh, you can also do that with lorassium, make alloys of each one of them. Although, if I remember correctly, what Brandon has said is lorassium turns you into a mistborn. If you alloy it with, say, pewter and use that, it would make you a pewter misting. So you actually, it gets crappier if you Don't alloy it sometimes. <laughs> no, there's no reason you would do that. As the god metals are no longer commonly available, however, the other metals are not in wide use. Ferrochemy is an end neutral art, meaning that you don't gain or lose any power. You just put something in, you pull it back out later. Uh, the spiritual powers are under heavy experimentation by the terrorist community and are not spoken of to outsiders. And since we know, since she's just explained that you can make alloys of the god metals and the other metals for allomancy, the theory is if you did that, you might be able to do something ferrochemically with them, but we don't know because the opportunity has never come up. This that little section also just brings up something I've been wondering this whole book because like we we saw in the previous trilogy it's like if you're a ferrochemist you had access to all the abilities we knew mm -hmm. that and yet here there are people who can only access one ferrochemical ability I'm just like why is that so I'm glad that gets brought up here yeah she says it has to do with the inbreeding of the ferrochemists with the general population diluting the power yeah because there weren't there weren't that many terrorist people left yeah. at the end of the last the last book no right? they sure weren't. Although apparently it was enough to make up, I think it said a fifth of the sur total survivors, and they still t tend to intermarry, we learn in this book. So uh, yeah, I, I wonder how long it took before they married into the rest of the population enough to kind of dilute it like that. It's curious. Then we get hemallergy, and here's where we learn the thing. Its secrets were kept close by the souls who survived the world's rebirth, and the only known practitioners of it now are the Chondra, who, for the most part, serve harmony. Well, that for the most part... Uh, that's kind of a scary statement there, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, still leaving open the possibility that it might not might not be Miss like Mister Suit might not be the uncle. It might be a cams reposing as him. Mm -hmm. Could be, but the, the, like the like it's actually what's left out here that caught my eye. It's like oh, so the only ones left are the Kandra. What about the Kolos? We know there are people with Kolos blood. Yeah. So are the are the Kolos themselves dead, but they have descendants somehow? This is an excellent question. Or uh, it's possible that. They still do use it somehow, and she just doesn't know because once again, we only get to know here what she knows. So there's there's I mean, there's multiple possibilities. I mean, could be, but I feel like how do you know about Kandra but not Kolos? Because Kandra is uh much better at hiding and being you know you know like yeah being like hard to notice, whereas Kolos are pretty much the opposite of that. Yeah, no one, everyone seems to know that the Kolos exists. So yeah, that's a good point. But so the Kolos, like I know that they had the spikes but they were sentient on their own whereas the Kandra needed the it's true hemology to be sentient so maybe maybe the colos maybe they didn't need to continue with that hmm. well yeah because the colos were originally people so Soil they would have had people. they would have had sentience probably from the fact that they were at one time human beings i guess right yeah Sure. But she's like, look, you know, hemallergy isn't really evil as such. None of the investitures are evil in and of themselves. Hemallergy deals with removing abilities or attributes from one person and giving them to another. This is of great interest to me. If only these three arts 
if one of these three arts is of great interest to the Cosmere, it is this one. I think there are great possibilities for its use. So imagine... That's fucking ominous. Yeah. Oh, imagine mm. that it's not just allomantic abilities or ferrochemical abilities that you're stealing with spikes and giving to someone else. Imagine other forms of investiture that we've seen. You go, you you find an Elantrian and you spike mm. Elantris powers from one guy into another one. Mm, I don't know. I mean, does it work for any kind of investiture or does it only work within the confines of the two shards investitures mm. working together? I feel like... I don't know. To me, it seems like it would be limited because it's based on the two investitures that were in the, on this planet. Yeah, it might like be. It's 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 taking you from people who were created by those two shards. She seems to think that it it is more relevant to the Cosmere at large. But once again, who knows Wait, if she's right? Right. But is 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 that a hint at how like the shards took the power from Adonalsium? They all spiked him. Ooh, mm-hmm. interesting. Ah, no. see, but I feel like if that was the case. It'd come into play well, elsewhere. Yeah, or it would be more well known. But maybe that's what Hoyt is doing. Maybe he's taking spikes and going to each planet and spiking somebody to get all the powers so that he can Ooh. absorb them all. That it, so that he can grab them all. Hardcore. Of course, then he'd be leaving himself open to potential control by at least one of the shards. If well, if, I wonder if you combined all the shards, if if you would still be, mm. if that would still be a thing, because it's like. At what point does he become the controller if he's got all of the powers? Yeah, that's yeah. They, they, it just it opens a lot, a lot of interesting possibilities, which mm-hmm. is why I wanted us to read this. It, 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 it gave us a couple of answers, but it really opens up more questions. Is why I wanted to read that. Yeah, basically, it's going to turn the sexy drifter into a dragon, a space dragon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let's. This, since you brought it up as well, it's like all right. Mm-hmm. Let's say you spike an Elantrian. We've seen that they can survive getting stabbed. I don't know if Galadon got stabbed through the heart, but would that kill them? Or would it just strip them of their power? Mm, interesting question. Well, I guess if, if, yeah. if it strips them of their power, then they've got a hole in their chest. They'll probably die from that anyway, so disregard. <laughs> Could they be healed? Could another Elantrian heal them? And then what would they look like after that? Ah. Yeah. So there, there's, there's all sorts of questions about uh, the, the ramifications of this. Uh, let's let's get into some predictions. Where do you think uh, the story is going to go next? The the well, and I, I'll throw it out again. We talked about it last time. What we're reading next is that short story, Alamancer Jack in the Pits of Eltania, and then we're reading the prologue to Shadows of Self, the second book in this Mistborn era too. So mm. let's do some predicaments. What do you guys think is coming up? Okay. Well, you know, the short story is its own thing, so I'm not I'm not really going to address that since we understand that it's right. actually like a fiction. Who knows story what that's going to be within yeah. the realm of of this? So who knows? Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, I'm very interested in the book. Uh, it's kind of, you know, if if I was somebody who who was reading this for the first time, not knowing that there were more books after this. And then I see Marsh come back and give this girl a book for wax and then not getting to know what's in it. I'd be like, what the serious fuck? <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm very interested to see what's in this book. My guess is maybe it's a discussion of hemolurgy because if we, we know if, you know, that's basically the only that I feel like that's the only power that wasn't really discussed or brought up in this book really at all was hemolurgy. We got plenty of ferrochemy, plenty of uh, allomancy, but really the only 
hemolurgy thing we even saw was, you know, wax piercing himself with an earring and being able to talk to Harmony. Like, that's yeah. really the only thing that we really got. So I'm very interested to see what the, what the possibilities are. But my guess is that they're probably breeding these women and then hopefully not hemolurging the babies. But I don't know, like, they've got to be doing something. I think more he- on the hemolurgical side. And so this person, Trell, I, I don't know, it's a god or something, uh, according to these people. It's got to be like some kind of cult worshippers worshipping this thing named Trell. And maybe Trell is like kind of the kind of the one pushing them to do this hemolurgy stuff. The only thing that's confusing to me about that is like, and I and you know Harmony's not going to do this. He's not going to take over these people. But it's like by spiking themselves or by by practicing hemolurgy, they are putting themselves more in tune with a direct connection to Harmony. And again, yeah. he's not going to take them over. But I'm like, what are the ramifications of that? Yeah. So that's that's something I you know I'm not sure how that would play out if he would communicate more directly with them if they spike themselves or what. If so, would he like? say like oh yeah i don't think this is such a great idea for you to do this <laughs> or or what would he do and then the thing that keeps ringing in my head is is uh what miles said before he died which is why i think this has to be like some kind of religious culty thing because obviously the dude at the beginning of the book was into some kind of weird shit and then miles it's like you know he's like men of gold and red bearers of the final metal will come to you and you'll be and you will be ruled by them. It's like what what is the final metal? Is he talking about adium? Is he talking about an alloy of adium? And it's like the men of gold and red. It's like you know, what what is he talking about? The only thing I could think of with that, it's like I don't know who the men of gold are, but the men of red would if if we're connecting cosmere planets the men of red would be like the monks from from uh, from Dakor, yeah, yeah, from Dakor. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that's necessarily a possibility. I would hope that it's more a self-contained story within the planet of Skadriel, but I don't know. Yeah, worship Trell and wait. Like, what is that? You know, mm-hmm. like, who is Trell? What is that? So Trell's got to be some kind of mystical power god, or maybe even, I mean, I don't know why this would happen, but maybe even another shard bearer has come to the planet is trying to influence things. I don't know why that would happen. Uh, I don't know if it's like another shard bearer is like, oh, well, there's there's now one one shard bearer that controls two shards. I've got to get in on this. Like, I don't know um, if that's the case or if it's basically somebody who's using the, you know, we know that there's like a mind uh, or at one point, not maybe not anymore. There was like a mind realm uh, trade market trade going on here. We mm-hmm. also know that at one point people from Elantris were inhabiting the planet in that realm. So, you know, I, I think any a number of those things could come into play. I, and, you know, maybe this is why you had us read those back so close together, because I feel like there's a lot of conne- connections being drawn specifically uh, from Elantris to Skadriel with secret history. And so it's definitely something I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe even more connected than we, than we currently are thinking right now. But yeah, Trell, I'm, I'm really curious as to find out who that is. But yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, that's a lot of rambling, but that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. 
I like I like the idea that you're like maybe some other shard guy is like, hey, there's so, something weird happened over here. There's a guy holding two now. That could be of news to all the other remaining shards out there. It's like, wait, that right. can happen. Yeah. So it might attract attention. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where this is gonna go either. I mean, obviously we've got our overarching like our sequel hook there, where it's like, oh, we need to track down my uncle and foil his operation. But yeah. I think following on from my thoughts before, it's like I, I still think it might be a group of rogue Kandra doing mm-hmm. something, and maybe they're specifically targeting Alamancers so they can put spikes through them so they can create more Kandra somehow. Oh. It's like our, our race has been decimated, and, the, and most of the ones who are left are loyal to Harmony, whereas we're trying to rebel against him, so maybe we need to create more that we can like guide and teach how to resist Harmony's influence from the spikes or whatever. So I, I, I think that might be the go. Either way, I feel like the Kandra are going to come more into the story as we go because, like, they really weren't, like, too much of a factor in this one. Right. Um, aside from a few background mentions and, as we found out, the constable at the end there. So, yeah, I feel like it is going to come down to something to do with the Kandra, but I don't know how. Now that Marsh is here and he's the Grim Reaper, we got that confirmed. I don't quite know what his role is going to be. I don't think he's going to play a major part throughout the rest of the books. I think he's, if he does play a part, it's going to be very similar to what he did here. He just shows up every so often for like a chapter, leaves some very cryptic hints and then disappears into the night again. But I feel like he's going to be shadowing them, keeping an eye on things and just making sure they don't get too messed up. I think he's going to be like Harmony's boots on the ground to try and protect them as, as they go. And then the fourth book which is coming out this year which is the last one yep yeah i think he'll he'll probably play a bit more of a larger role in that i guess because I, I i feel i i like the idea that it was sort of built towards him playing a major part but you spend three books knowing he's out there like he's not playing a major part until he comes in at the end so mm. but we'll see how that plays out but yeah beyond that not really sure that's that that's all i got i like the idea that marsh is just Gonna spend a couple of books just randomly popping in every once in a while to drop some knowledge, drop a knowledge bomb, take off again. Well, he's basically like he's Batman to their they're the commissioner. <laughs> nice, nice. No, no, Wax is Batman. We've already established he's Adam West Batman. I don't see Wayne as Robin. <laughs> well, you know, maybe that version of Robin, who was very campy and and silly, is is what is he's like? Holy guess, whatever, Batman. I, I actually, I guess Wayne could be Nightwing. Okay, sure. Nightwing does have sticks that he likes to hit people with, so... Yeah, and he's, like, the, the jerky counterpoint. Mm. I like that you guys were just kind of like, well, that's, like, all I've got, really, and you've detailed out these <laughs> elaborate thoughts. No pressure to go last. Um, I really don't have a lot. Yeah, I mean, the story's going to pick up with Wax still investigating into where the missing women have gone. I think the other guys are right. Hemology's got to come back into it, especially what we after we've read there today and sorry, the the Ars Arcanum. And we didn't really talk about it a lot. I hope we get to see maybe a little bit more of Harmony and Marsh. Cause we we've had like realistically one conversation kind of with each of them mm. um in the in this book. And I, I liked the bit that Marsh said that they don't always agree. So I, I kind of hope that we see a little bit more of what they're getting towards, what they're trying to work on. I really liked, I think it was Dax's idea that the set 
are Kandra. So yeah. now that we've had Kandra confirmed, a rogue set of Kandra maybe, maybe not all the Kandra, but some of them involved there, I think that could be really cool. And, yeah, Mr. Suit's going to be our our big bad, I think, for the next book, at least the next book. I do hope we get to see a bit more of Steris being involved. I think that might be an interesting addition to the the team, particularly if she's been held captive already. And, yeah, a bit more of that dynamic. Now that she's sort of had that heartfelt moment with Wax, I think that'll be really interesting to see how that comes together. I sort mm. of hope we get to see a bit more of that, whether, you know, we pick things up and they're already married or, or what their life looks like. I think that'll be really interesting to see how they kind of work off each other in that regard. Because, yeah, you know, she's very – this is how it's going to be. I've set out this contract, blah, 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 blah. But she had that really nice heartfelt moment with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not that she's just, you know, cold and unfeeling and, and calculated and this is how it's going to be. It's, you know, she's got some emotion in there and I think it'll be nice to sort of see how that all plays out in the end. But, yeah, I just I really enjoyed how this book wrapped up and, yeah, really excited to see where it goes next. I, I really don't have a lot of what to expect in the finer details. I, I agree with you that I feel like the Steris relationship is there's the most potential for some interesting story there because it's like, so Wax and Wayne have this very long established relationship, right? We know they, we know what that's like. And in this book, he kind of has gotten to know Marisai and kind of established some boundaries there. And so we have an idea of like kind of what that relationship is. His relationship with Steris is still kind of open for development and to, to see what kind of interesting twists it could take. Yeah. So it could, could be a lot of fun there. Okay, we have one email that I wanted to touch on. Uh, this is the one that Sasha sent a while ago that we couldn't look at until the, today. I put in our chat the picture that you sent, but I'll read the thing. It says, hi, Data. The Marsh Broadsheet article has me thinking about Iron Eye's appearance in the epilogue. And the thought is this. If Marsh wants to avoid attention, wearing his old Inquisitor robes might not be the best way to go about it. I get the need to cover his face, but imagine if he chose to wear, say, a floral pattern sweater with an extra large hood. No one sees flower hoodie guy walking around the neighborhood and is going, Harmony, help me, it's death himself. Not an, not that enormous guy in a cowl is ever going to be inconspicuous, but there might be a few fewer hysterical headlines that way. And then a little bit later, she sent, like two days later, she sends a follow-up email. I spent way too long on this, but here's an illustration of Marsh in his pretty floral hoodie. And so that is the picture that she sent. That is a picture. <laughs> And Sasha gave me permission to use that as our uh, for our Instagram post this week, so everyone will get to see this picture if you go to our Instagram. He doesn't look happy to be wearing. He doesn't. This, this, this outfit. He looks like Kelsia has dragged him to the tailors, and he's like, I don't want to wear this, Kelsia. <laughs> brother, brother, you can't just wear that robe. It's disgusting. It's covered in blood still and ash. Yeah, he's not. He's not happy. Kelsia, I've I've been I've been alive for 300 years. I have spikes through my through every part of my body. <laughs> Pink is not my color. You know, try some new things, Marsh. Jeez, I I can totally see it's like Kelsey just saying it's like, oh come on, man, wear the jumper with flowers. You know how much mayor like flowers? And Marsh going fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so thank you, Sasha, for the email. It's awesome and hilarious, and I loved it. If anyone wants to send us an email, the address is thesandalanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and all those sort of places. And now, here, here's an announcement that uh, I need to come in. Find us now on Patreon. So I got to tell you guys about this. Yesterday, 
Ooh. I was finally I was finalizing the stuff for our Patreon page. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about about this part of it, but basically making the Patreon page go live is helping me kind of work on some other stuff that I wanted to get lined up that I will reveal when it is uh, uh we we see if it's going to work out or not. But anyway, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to we're not I don't plan on having any actual like patron content until probably June when the uh, the white sand graphic novels are supposed to come in. That'll probably be the first new Sanderson thing that I can be like, okay, I'm going to make some Patreon special things on this new thing that came out. Right. Cause my plan was to start out with the Patreon content. And I talked about it before, just to let everyone know that when new stuff, when new Sanderson stuff is released, like new books, I'll do recordings of my reactions reading these things for the first time and put those up for just patrons so that's the plan which is why there probably won't be any content until june but i went ahead and published the page like i said because it helped me work on some other stuff and because okay so i felt like if one of our longtime listeners googled the sander lanch for whatever reason and found this page that was up and i hadn't mentioned it to anyone then i would feel like kind of a jerk when they're like hey why didn't you tell us about this so I went on the Discord and I was like, hey, everybody, there's not going to be any content till June. I didn't put this up expecting people to back, but just I could not tell you guys. So here, here's the page. You can go out and look at our Patreon page. I set it up. Originally, my plan was for like two two levels. There'd be like a $1 a month thing and maybe like a $5 a month thing. And that was, that was, that was all that I planned to have out there. I'm like, if you guys want to contribute, fine. I'm not going to have like all these levels because we don't have a bunch of different stuff that we're offering. So there's no point. Uh, the one dollar level didn't really work out because uh, every time I try to make it for one dollar, Patreon will pop up a message it's like you really need to make it for at least three. Like that's really the minimum that you should use. And I was like, they probably know what they're talking about. I've never made a Patreon before, so I'll listen to them. Three dollars. That'll be the minimum. And I was like, well, there's not much difference between three and five. That's kind of close to each other. So I made three and seven and I made one like a ska and one a misting. And I was like, well, we, we, we really need a third level at that point so you can have a misborn level. So I made the ten dollar level. So that's what we had was before, before I was going to put it live was three, seven and ten. And then just before I was going to finish it up, I had an idea. I was like, this is silly, but I can't not do it now that I've had the idea. So there's a fourth level called Shard of Adenalsium that is limited to 16 people and is $16 a month. Somebody pointed out to me that that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make any damn sense to anybody outside the U.S. because they see it in their mm. own currency. So it's not 16 to them. But yeah. that's what I made it. And I actually put in the thing, I'm like, I don't expect anyone to back at this level, but I just found it hilarious, so I had to do it. And because one of the options that I, I did not see until I started doing that one was you can connect Patreon to Discord and have Discord oh. assign, like, certain roles to patrons based on level. Ooh, nice. So I created a role on the Discord for Shard of Adonalsium, and then anyone who pledged at the 16 gets that name in the discord and uh once again i didn't actually expect anyone to use that but i was like i'm, I'm gonna do it how can i not do it now that i thought of it it's 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 great so i did all of that made it live oh, oh before i told anyone about it i'd forgotten to remove the uh, the goal that was if we get to 100 a month joe will read dinosaur erotica oh god so that, uh yeah well, I'm, not, I'm not doing that that was on there for about five minutes after it went live but i hadn't told anyone about it yet so i deleted that and replaced it with, like, if we could make it to $100 a month, Joe and Dak will do a special Possum Hunters episode. Sure, that so, is definitely doable, not Dinosaur Erotica. That's what's on the page now. 
And so I told I told the guys in the Discord, and I was like, look, there's not going to be content until June. I don't actually expect anyone to back. When we get to June and there's actually going to be content, I will I'll, I'll talk about it on the show. I'll post a link a few places. I'll get word out, right? But I underestimated the people on our Discord. Several of them backed immediately, including three people now at that $16 a month level that I didn't oh expect God. anyone to actually back at. <laughs> you guys, you're amazing. And so uh, they are awesome. And one of the things that I also wrote into the $16 a month uh, level was that you'd get a shout out on uh, the show. But I'm going to shout out to all of our patrons that have signed up so far yeah. because they're awesome and I love yeah, you guys. Li- list list them up and and I know you guys are already shards of Adonalsium, but I'm also going to officially induct you as Mistborns so, into our into our crew. One of the things that I put in the text for the misting level, I was like, you get to be a misting and he'll put you in the crew. But also, if you've already written a five star review, we'll have him make you a twinborn. Yeah, so genius. Yeah. So uh, one person has backed at that level and. I'm going to have to look and see if they've also done a five-star review. So for, uh, for this, for ranks, in fact, we won't, we won't do anyone in the misting crew yet. Let me go out and look and see what five-star review matches. We'll save that for next week, but uh, you will get it. It's coming next week after I've confirmed. Okay. I promise. But uh, we also had a couple of people. Let's see. I'll just, I'll just do first names for these people. So some people are uh, who have backed us are David and Daniel Thank you. You are awesome. We had um, Arad, who sent us an email not long ago, is one of our uh, $16 Shard of Adonalsium backers. A person called, uh, let me make sure I get I get it right, Storm Harbinger on the Discord is also one of our 16 backers. So thank you so much. And the third one asked me specifically not to give their name, but to refer to them only as Mr. Suit. So our th- that's our third $16 nice. chart of that on LCM backer. So thank you to everyone who has already gone out to the Patreon knowing full well, like they all knew before they did anything that we weren't going to have any special patron only content for a while. They just wanted to support the show. I love you guys. Thank you so much. You guys, I, 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 I'm, I honestly did not expect anyone to go for the $16 level. And the fact that three people have already, I was like, you guys have already shocked me. They were like, hey, do we, can we each pick a shard that will be us? And I was like, I mean, yeah, we might we might be able to do that. I mean, we don't know all the shard names on the show at this is, point. Like, you guys only know a few of them. Us? And, that, well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't know them all, right? So I was like, maybe it would be a spoiler for not only you guys, but for people maybe in the Discord who haven't read everything yet, right? So I was like, we could either limit it to just stuff that's already known, or we could wait a while to do that. So I'm still thinking that part over, but I was, in a, I was like, I mean, we might hit a limit where, you know, if people only know, if, you know, you guys only know the names of like four or five, I don't remember how many, you know, right now yeah. that, that would be, we couldn't have more than that. And then I was like, well, it probably won't come into it. I don't expect us to get up to like 16 people actually at that level. And they were like, oh, I don't know. We might surprise you. And I was like, dude, you guys have already surprised me. You guys have already shocked me. I did not expect. So. Yeah. Thank you. We love you guys. You are awesome. And I will start this week. Uh, I mean, we already did, but uh, we'll add into the end of the show if we have new patrons each week calling out and thanking them for their support. You guys are the best. Yeah. You are the best. I also promised them that I would uh, not tell you guys before this point in the show so they could hear live your reactions. So. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, super uh, – Yeah, I may be just like at a loss for words because I'm 
very surprised and uh, thankful. You guys are awesome. I promise if we do get to that, like, 200 level, I, like, I've been thinking and, like, script writing in my head, like a like an arc for the Possum Hunters. So, like, <laughs> I, I will definitely make something good out of it if we get there, for sure. That was $100 a month is, is that level. And we're actually already... Oh, okay. We're actually already almost halfway there, or more than halfway there uh, yeah. from so how, it's, the control. It's not going to take so that much more. It's a possibility, uh, yeah, for sure. But I'm going to put a large effort into into script writing for that and uh, yeah. definitely definitely come out with something that's that's going to be good and, and worth your time, for sure. And if we actually make it to 100, we're going to have to come up with another cool uh, thing to make the next goal, like 150 or something. So uh, we'll, yeah, all I of mean, us, be thinking on that. What's the next goal? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it'd be awesome if we could, like, we could give everybody in the Patreon, like, you know, some kind of merch, like the t-shirts ideas we've had in the past, like, you know, anything would be awesome. Yeah, and I'm going to talk to you guys more. Yeah. Actually, actually, after the episode, I have some some stuff in that direction I want to talk to you about, but we'll get there. What else? Oh, and I just want to say, you know, I, we, I, I just spent like five minutes talking about it, but guys, I, I've said it before. The intention is for the show to always be – I don't even want to put ads on here. The, the whole reason that I started the show is because I want to have fun reading the books with people, and so I don't want to do anything that's going to change that. So nobody feel obliged, like you need to go out and contribute or anything. It's really just there because several people are like, hey, we want to support the show. Is there a way that we can do that? That's why I created it, and I even felt bad at that point because I was like, I can't create it unless I have something extra to offer. So that's why that's, why that's there. You're not going to – you're not gonna hurt anyone's feelings. I had somebody apologize, like, "Oh, I can't afford to do 16. I'm only gonna do, I'm only, I'm only doing three. I'm sorry." I'm like, "No, what, what are you talking about? This, it, it, we really appreciate the people who are doing this. I love you guys, but just listening to the show every week is more than support enough for me. I appreciate you already for that. So don't, and nobody, please feel obliged. Like you need to be on, be in there. And uh, I'll, yeah. I might put, a, I might put a link to it in the description of this episode. But like I said, I'm not even gonna kind of put it out there much until we get to that point where there is some content that you guys will be getting. Yeah. hundred percent. The core of the show is to just have fun reading these books and discovering this stuff together. Like I, I, I always get weirded out by my favorite podcasts when they start a Patreon. And so I know that that is, you know, data's intentions are completely pure with that. Like we're not going to mess with the integrity of this show, even if like the Patreon were to take off and we were working on stuff to extra stuff to provide you guys with, that's not going to lessen, that's not going to lessen this show. That's not going to make this show different. That's, I think that's the most important thing to us is to keep this what it is yep. for sure. Cause it's fun. I love it. This is the, the, the highlight of my week, some weeks. So I love you guys. Okay. What else? What else? Music by miracle of sound. Ha. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> We're only on episode 100. It's about time. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank 100. you guys for sticking with us for 100 whole episodes. Here's hoping for another 100 coming. You guys um, are awesome. For next week, like I said, we're reading Alamancer Jack in the Pits of Eltonia, and we're reading the prologue to Shadows of Self. So we're jumping right into the next book after a quick adventure with Alamancer Jack. I'm really curious about what you guys are going to think about this story. And I, uh, this may, be, I, when we record this episode about Alamancer Jack next week, it's going to be one of the few times where I'm like, you guys all give your opinions at the beginning of the episode. And I'm, I'm going to be like, here, let me go ahead and give my opinion too, because I have some feelings about this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. But thank you everyone for listening. We will see you for episode 101. Wuzzing to the time of next. Colo? Cool.
when we lose everything that defines us? Can we hold to the promise that binds us and carry on into tomorrow's song?